Welcome to The Indicator, which is a collaboration between the Colorado Independent and KGNU Community Radio. It's a weekly look at the gubernatorial race here in Colorado. We will win in November and we will deliver because together we can prove that in our America, in our Colorado, anything is possible. Let's get to work. Thank you very much. Let's get it done. Let's win this election for the future generations that are counting on us. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless the great state of Colorado. And onward to victory in November. I'm Maeve Conran with KGMU. And today we're taking a look the debates. There are eight debates in all scheduled to take place between the Republican candidate Walker Stapleton and the Democratic candidate Jared Polis. Mike Litwin of the Colorado Independent has attended the most recent debate. It took place Monday night in Pueblo. Well, Mike, welcome to The Indicator. How was Pueblo? How was the debate? Well, I love Pueblo. The debate was uh, not as cool as a town. But uh, in the debate, in the debate, this was this was the either the third or fourth debate in four days, depending on how you count them. It was sort of a mini, not quite forumish debate uh, Friday afternoon. But uh, and this debate was just like everyone that we've seen so far, which is that Walker Stapleton wants to paint Jared Polis as this crazy radical socialist bankrupt our state politician while Polis tries to be tries to every night on stage show that he's not a crazy radical politician who would lead Colorado into bankruptcy so what you have is what you have is one strategy to show the guy's crazy and you have the other strategy to show no, I'm not crazy. And that's that's basically each debate. Well, there was name calling going on um, at the debate in in Pueblo. And I think uh, Jerry Polis called Walker Stapleton out on it. And Walker said something like, well, if you keep acting like that, I'm going to keep calling you names. What was that particular interaction? Well, again, it's 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 saying whether Polis's um, policies and ideas are radical. And whether they'll blow up the state, whether they'll bankrupt the state. And so you have one person describing somebody's policies as radical. And you have the other person saying, I don't know which candidate you're talking about. I mean, let's face it. So Polis is, let's face it, he is a progressive, a self-admitted progressive, although he doesn't say that very often in the debates anymore. He is a mainstream liberal who votes with Nancy Pelosi 94% of the time. And that puts him right in with the Perlmutters and the DeGettes and the Michael Bennetts and people who nobody else calls radical. But right now, <clears throat> Stapleton is behind. He needs something to change the dynamic in the race. And what he has found is... Let's say that this guy does not fit into mainstream thinking in Colorado. It's not a new idea, particularly for a bold or liberal, but it's one that he's that he's repeating in debate after debate. So it's it's up to Polis, and I think he's done a pretty good job of this. It's up to Polis to say, not only that I'm not crazy, I'm not going to act crazy. I'm not going to get unhinged and 
Stapleton is yelling into the mic. He's getting red-faced. And, you know, I, don't, I for one, am skeptical about, the, about him really being angry, but he certainly acts as if he is angry. So that, you know, I'm standing up for Colorado. We can't have this here. If we do, we're sunk. Well, in terms of the actual policies and how they're different between the two candidates and how those policy issues are playing out in the debates, I mean, one of the platforms of uh, Polis's campaign is uh, universal health care. And I know during the debate in Pueblo on Monday evening, Walker Stapleton said something like, well, he'd love to offer universal health care, but how are we all going to pay for it? And so tell us about some of the major policy differences that are emerging through the debates. Well, the policy differences are almost on everything. So it more depends on who's asking the questions and which questions come up, because there's one is a mainstream progressive, one is a mainstream conservative. So if you just go down the list of where they are on on health care, on immigration, on taxes, on Tabor, on uh, you name it, they're they're different in almost every way. How to fund education, how to fund higher education. They have they have different views on almost everything. But the question I guess is is, you know, how do these views differ from the mainstream of Democrat versus Republican? And the and the idea, the winning the winning way to win in Colorado, particularly at the governor's race, is to claim the center. And the Democrats have done a very good job over the last few years of gaining the center. Bill Owens did when he ran and won. And he's the only Republican governor to have won in the last 40 years. So you have to grab the center. And you've seen Polis back away from some of the uh, the details and emphasizing the details of the more of some of the things he talked about, particularly when it comes to health care. And you've seen, on the other hand, Walker Stapleton backing away from sanctuary cities, which is no longer a very good look after those kids ended up in cages on the border. So those issues, you know, you've seen both of them sort of move toward the center on those issues. But particularly in Stapleton's case, because he's behind in the polls and from his polls, from internal polls, from the one recent public poll, he has to change the dynamic. So he has to do something, and there's no real issue, I think, that he can take on that favors him enough to move the balance, move the needle any. So he's got to paint Polis as the guy who's too much different. And that's, so that's where the debates are. They're there, they're there on, it doesn't really matter what question you ask because it still comes back to the same thing. Polis, he, Polis said, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Stapleton said radical 13 times by one count last night. So that's every question. That's several times every question. So it doesn't really matter what the questions are. And that's what's so interesting about the debates. They're not about the issues. They're about whether Polis is too radical. How is that playing out, though, on a larger scale in a bigger context in Colorado, because Polis is leading in the polls. He's got the Denver Post uh, endorsement. I mean, how how is this label of radical that and the bolder liberal label that Walker Stapleton persists in using when it comes to Polis? How is that playing out, though, throughout the rest of Colorado? Well, we won't know until Election Day. And uh, but 
the polling suggests it's not playing very well. And but you know, Polis <clears throat> Polis is playing it safe. I mean, that's his game plan is to play it safe. So you know what what Stapleton would like to happen in these debates, he would like to get very angry about some about some policy. And in fact, he said last night that if if um, a Monday night in Pueblo, that if if Polis's um, health care policy came to fruition, that people would die. That it was that basically that that Polis was going to kill people in Colorado by trying to give them more of them health care. Um, coverage. So, what what he wants what he wants Polis to do is to get mad back at him. I mean, that's what he wants to happen. What he wants them is to get into this brawl, and a brawl brings down Polis. So, if Pol- but Polis is is working very hard not to do that, and so far I think he's been successful. Whether whether Stapleton will change the strategy over the next debates, I don't know, but I don't. I don't think right now he has an issue. If you look at the uh, look at the ads that are on the air, there doesn't seem to be an issue that Polis is pushing that seems to be able to change any of the direction of the contest at this point. So, so going negative is what he has, but I, I'm I'm not convinced that the way he's going negative is making any impact. Well, the, the first televised debate has already taken place as well. And it seems quite similar from what you experienced on Monday night in Pueblo. Insofar as Stapleton didn't so much talk about his own policies, but in, engaged in name calling and uh, trying to paint Jared Polis as being too extreme for Colorado. I'm concerned that based on Congressman Polis's radical extreme past when it comes to his energy policies that he would work combatively with an industry that provides 230,000 jobs and $32 billion of annual economic impact to our state. The issue of the sanctuary state also came up in that televised debate as well. Walker Stapleton has previously certainly been very hard line on immigration but is he rolling that back a little bit now in the debates he is rolling that back and he's talking about sanctuary cities he says in a very narrow way that's that was his description and he's talking about people who have committed felonies. I have narrowly defined sanctuary cities to be individuals who have entered this country illegally and committed a felony type offense, John. Uh, that, those are the people that I've defined uh, that we should not uh, be giving safe harbor to. Those are the people that law enforcement uh, is asking uh, that the Colorado have a uniform policy so that uh, local municipalities can deal with ICE detainers properly. So that sheriffs, uh, I have more than a dozen major county sheriffs who, who, who've endorsed me, uh, don't have to be in legal limbo or legal jeopardy for simply keeping somebody who's committed a felony incarcerated and keeping their community safe. And that's very different from how he was uh, making the argument during the um, during the Republican uh, primaries. But uh, on Polis' side, I mean, Polis has has backed away from the fracking issue. You know, he's not supporting he's not supporting uh, the fracking uh, the fracking initiative. He's an anti-fracking initiative. He is, you know, he insists very loudly that he is, you know, was not for the um, the health care, universal health care bill um, initiative that failed so badly in Colorado last time out. So he's not, you know, he he is to um, to uh, Stapleton's uh, surprise and chagrin. 
he is not supporting the those leftist issues. Now, I don't know where Polis really stands in those things. You know, he supported an initiative four years ago that would have um, that would have had a two thousand foot setback. This time, he opposes one that has a twenty five hundred foot setback on on fracking. I oppose it. I think it's bad policy. Uh, but when the people pass an initiative, I think it's important that the legislature respect that. Where is he really? Well, we don't know. But and 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 Stapleton is trying to pin those things on him. But Paula says, that's not me. You're running against a different guy. I'm not backing it. So it's making it very hard to paint Polis as the radical extremist that he wants to paint him. We're speaking with Mike Litwin of the Colorado Independent on The Indicator, which is a collaboration between the award-winning journalists at the Colorado Independent and KGNU Community Radio Station. I'm Maeve Conran of KGNU and The Indicator is a weekly podcast and radio show in the run-up to the 2018 midterms with a focus on the governor's race. And we're halfway through the eight scheduled debates between the two candidates, Walker Stapleton, the Republican and Jared Polis, the Democrat. Mike Litwin has just returned from the most recent debate in Pueblo. There's also been the first televised debate as well. Mike, you have covered so many elections in your stellar career. You've probably seen more (laughs) debates than many people have had hot dinners. How important are debates, though, in these kind of elections? I think in I think in these kinds of elections, they are important. Uh, Only the televised ones, of course, but the televised ones are important that um, in governor's races, the, uh, the, the personality of the, of the candidates is very important and it makes a lot of difference. And the, uh, so I think these debates really matter and they give people a sense, an easy sense of where people stand on some of the most important issues. And if your moderators are good, they can really work the candidates to um, where they're not in a position to back away from things that they've held before, and they have to explain those differences over the years or over the months. So I think a good debate with good moderators can make a real difference. I thought if you look at uh, one of the close races that we had when uh, when Cory Gardner beat Mark Udall, that the... um, that the debates were at the center of Gardner's wins and that uh, by by the race being so much about uh, women's issues and Gardner and Gardner batting those away very successfully so that Udall couldn't pin him down on very much, that that was probably the reason that he was able to pull out a very close win. So I think the debates are really important. I'm wondering in this case whether so much of what's going to happen in the electorate is so baked in. I mean, if we're in a situation where this turns out to be a blue wave election, and if you look at, say, 2016, where where Clinton beat Trump in this state by five points, and if you're looking at where it looks like a blue lean in a blue wave election, which everyone is is predicting, if that happens, a lot of things, there has to be a personality on on the Republican side or a or a an unlikely personality on a Democratic side to change that equation any. So I think 
I think that's the real challenge in these debates, and I think that's why Polis is playing it so safe because there's a there's a baked in lead that he has, and it's why Stapleton is trying so hard to change the dynamic. But again, my I think his problem is that he hasn't found a way to do it, and I'm pretty sure that getting red faced and angry is not appealing to a lot of independent voters. Well, the independent voters are going to be crucial because of just the sheer numbers of them here in Colorado. So are the debates really for the independents? Because if you have the Democrats who were largely going to vote down the line on the on the ticket and the same with the Republicans, the independents are, are really where the change could happen. I mean, is that who the debate audience is, is really targeted at? Well, it's just two things. A lot of the unaffiliated voters in Colorado vote the same way every year. They may they may reject having a party label put on them, but the great majority of those unaffiliated vote Democratic or vote Republican the same way almost every year. But there's a decent percentage of that group that doesn't. And they, they of course, are the significant part of any race. I mean, what we have in Colorado, we tend to have is like five-point races. So, yes, yeah, certainly the ones that are, if there are 20% persuadables, you need to get at least 12 or 13% of those. I mean, you know, percentage points in those. So, yeah, those are the people who are the ones that need to be convinced. But there's also, there's also the, the whole, I mean, this is the greatest cliche in politics, the get out the vote thing. So what you have to do is you want your side to be sure to vote. And when you're in an off-year election, that's harder to do. So in a, in a, Republic, in a governor's race, in Colorado, they're in off-year elections. So they're not getting the same kind of turnout they do in presidential elections. So getting out your people to to vote, or they don't have to get out to vote, they just have to mail their ballots in, get them to the mailbox to vote is the critical thing. And the the um you know the thing about debates is they're not those terrible ads, right? So you actually get to see the people being challenged instead of having those horrible ads blared at you all the time. To me, the the debates are a break from that where, you know, where somebody challenges somebody on a point. And um, some debates are much better than that. Uh, at, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the nine news debate when Kyle Clark is doing the question, he's always very good at getting at getting getting the people to um, have to explain themselves. I look forward to that debate. And so there, there's a big difference in the quality of debates, I think. But yeah, these debates matter. Getting out your vote, getting out your vote is very important, and they're a good way to persuade the unpersuaded. Now that said, that said, these debates get terrible, terrible, terrible ratings. Not very many people are watching them. But what they are doing is they're listening to something like this. They're reading the newspapers. They're listening to talk radio. And people are talking about the debates. And that's what matters as much as the debates. And a lot of the coverage of this debate, a lot of the social media about this debate was about Stapleton being angry. In terms of Stapleton being angry and the name calling of Jared Polis, the fact that he is getting angry and Jared Polis is keeping his composure. I mean, is Jared Polis capitalising at all on any kind of blowback against Donald Trump? I mean, is he engaging in any of these tactics to connect Walker Stapleton with Donald Trump during any of these debates? He never he rarely even mentions Trump. He never mentions Trump unless he's asked about it. 
and he doesn't, you know, there's no, there was no talk about Kavanaugh or Me Too. I mean, nobody asked those questions. But um, in this case, and people may a different debate, but the uh, polis doesn't go after Stapleton on Trump. And I think that's that's obviously something that he has planned. <laughs> it's uh, the idea being, again, I think that a, that a lot of that anti-Republican thought is baked into a blue wave election. And if polis, who is continually called radical, if he's not making these kind of hard accusations against Donald Trump, it makes that that much harder to stick. So I think you could question you could question that strategy, and I think it's a strategy that you do when you're in the lead, that you can question that strategy whether he should try to tie Stapleton more to Trump, knowing how unpopular Trump is in Colorado. I believe in the last poll that Trump was uh, like 17 to 19 points underwater in Colorado. So I guess the question is, do you think having an R by your name is enough and you don't have to emphasize that? I think that's the way Polis is thinking. So I, I don't I don't credit him with being nicer than Stapleton. I think this is the strategy of somebody who's in the lead and somebody who's behind. What question would you like to see asked, Mike, in the debates? And, you know, what should people really be paying attention to as we're halfway through the debate season, halfway through the debates? What would you like to see being asked and and what can people really be watching out for? I'd like to I'd like to ask I'd like to go back to both people's uh, both candidates, primary campaigns and ask them to live up to what they said when they were saying probably what they actually believed. So I would I would ask them why there are differences in emphasis, you know, why why we talk more about one thing in one debate than we do in another and why we're not uh, we're not getting at some of the real issues. Now if you take if you take one of the real issues, you talk about Tabor and you talk about Gallagher and you talk about amendment 23, well, so far, Stapleton wants to is his big issue has been infrastructure, and he's backing an initiative that would put the state into deep debt over years. So, does he want the state to be in deep debt over years? No, he would much prefer to have a bond that would that people would vote to pay for for transportation. But he can't say that because it's a non-Republican thing to say. So, I would like people to get at. You know, in real terms, let's talk. Let's have a whole debate about transportation. Let's have a whole or a half a debate about one. Let's have half a debate about about health care, what we can really do about health care and met, what Medicaid expansion really means and what pr- the programs on either side would really do about Medicaid expansion. So these are things that you know matter to matter to the voters in an important way that in a lot of ways, aren't, um, they're not really ideological. Transportation isn't really ideological. In a lot of ways, while healthcare has been made ideological, what everybody wants is the same thing, is to have as many people covered as possible and for the, and for the prices to go down. So let's have real conversations about that. And, you know, what debates do is, even in a good debate, so you might dig into a question for three minutes, Let's have a 30-minute debate about health care. 
We can, that, that's, it's worth having a 30-minute debate about. Let's have a 30-minute debate about transportation. Let's have a 30-minute debate about education. I'd like to get past the talking points and get people to, to actually have to defend what they're saying on the first level, then the second level, and then the third level. And that happens so rarely. Well, do you think it's going to happen in any of the upcoming debates? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. And I don't think that the the candidates would agree to it. They don't want to do that either. They don't want to do it. That's I mean, that's that's part of the problem. If the candidates wanted to do these kinds of debates, they would. And I think that's the ongoing frustration for many voters. And this is not just in the gubernatorial race, but I'm finding it here trying to organize debates and moderate debates with house districts, with ballot issues at a local level, at a statewide level. People are candidate, and this is across the board, across the spectrum. People are less willing to engage in debates because it seems to me that they want to control their message. They have access to so many people now on social media that they don't need to engage in the debates in the same way that maybe they had to do a few years ago. And I think that's very frustrating for voters. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, now that so much money is in uh, TV advertising, that has changed the needs for debate. On what, I mean, for, as far as the candidates see, need to debate and need to do interviews too, because of the TV advertising. But that that gets turned up even higher, all the way to eleven, as we say, because of social media. So again, they have a another way of of not answering questions, but of making of making strong uh, assessments of the other candidate that are a lot of times unfair. And you have supporters who are unfair. I just had, I just had a very ugly thing written that I hope has taken off my Facebook page by now, uh, or the or the Colorado Independence Facebook page about my column. A very ugly thing said about one of the camps. I wouldn't even say what it's about, but it's um, you see a lot of that stuff in 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 uncontrolled social media. And yes, it takes candidates away from sitting down and having real discussions because there's a chance, not only one, to make a mistake, but there's a chance, two, to sort of tell the truth. And the, the more questions that you can pin on somebody on, on an issue, the closer you can probably bring them to what they really believe. And a lot of candidates are just afraid to say that. Well, for people who can't watch the debates or don't want to watch the debates, Mike Litwin will be paying attention to them and then writing about them in the Colorado Independent catches columns at coloradoindependent.com. Mike, thanks very much for being with us on The Indicator this week. Always a pleasure. The Indicator is a collaboration between KGNU and the Colorado Independent. It's a weekly series in the run-up to the midterm elections focusing on the governor's race. You can read all of the coverage at coloradoindependent.com and of course subscribe to the podcast of The Indicator wherever you get your podcasts. For KGNU, I'm Maeve Conlon.